What we do here is go back, 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 back. We're going into a bye week as far as Raiders coverage is concerned. So this could be a very good chance for a battle of the bees. Everybody, the Raider Take Podcast. I am Michael McDonald. With me, as always, Andy McDonald. And just as we thought things were going good, Mo Hurst got the Corbin. It's a damn shame. How's it going? Yep, yeah, it's. It, I'm going. It's going well, man. I'm doing good. Um, he, he got the he got the Rona, which is not cool. But hopefully, he recovers well and gets back out there. Yeah, it is what it is. Luckily, it was only. Uh, he's the only one, so we didn't have any any Titan related just runaways with. 30 plus people getting it so yeah no we're just going to get fined every every day for the rest of the nfl just for different violations but hopefully no one actually tests positive outside of hearst yeah exactly cool well we got a pretty pretty big episode uh for everyone we apologize for it coming out late but better late than never we're here nonetheless uh you want to give them a little rundown on what we got yeah no problem yeah definitely a little bit late here but i will tell you that we do have more than one fan, so take that at Mel Dreamy. A lot of people are wondering when this is coming out, so we're going to jam-pack this episode, and I'll let you know what, what we got going here. So, as always, we will start off with our mortal locks of the week. Just as a uh, refresher, I am 2-2. Two and two. Micah is 3-1, and one, heading into week 5. It's starting to get a little testy there. Um, and then we have the preview. So I, I'm going to be taking the Raiders D versus the Chiefs. O. Michael will take the Raiders offense against the Chiefs defense. Um, we'll break that down. And then we'll, as always, give our predictions at the end. And then um, we do have an announcement that we'll roll out before our uh, preview of that game. I forgot to mention that. And then we will close it out with our listener questions. I think we might have, we might have our first, uh, our first debate on hands. We might have our first dueling podcast listeners we we might have started a feud we might have started something that i don't know if we're going to be able to fix it but we'll catch you guys up on that um so let's get right to it micah what is your week five mortal lock of the week all right well i feel i feel great going into this week very very confident for my mortal lock of the week this week it took me a minute to really find where i wanted to go and it literally took me getting to the very last game on the list that I was looking at to find what my matter of fact mortal lock of the week was going to be. And that was going to be the Chargers at plus seven and a half against the Saints. I feel like that the Chargers have played, it seems like they played so tough against everybody that they played and they've been losing games. They almost beat the Chiefs. Justin Herbert has just been slanging the ball. They've got a very legit defense that when they're on, they're on, and they're they're one of the best defenses in the league. I feel like Drew Brees and the Saints, they have been struggling for a while. You saw it against the Raiders that when you have them worried about the potential threat in the receivers groups, you could see some tight ends eaten. So I think that they're going to try to lock down Keenan Allen, and Hunter Henry's going to have his big breakout game of the season. So 
does this I think, mean anything that because you have Hunter Henry, is that why you might be leaning towards this this call? It might make me lean just a little <laughs> bit towards that. I'm not trying, I'm not being biased here. I'm just, you know, I'm thinking that Darren Waller went off. There's a good chance Hunter Henry could go off. And I think that with how the Saints have struggled, and even though the Chargers have been losing, I think their play has been better than essentially an eight-point favorite. Um, for the Saints to cover. So I think that I'm not saying that the Chargers are going to go and win this game, but they'll definitely lose by a touchdown or less. Okay. No, I like that. It's, it's definitely interesting. And, and the way it, I mean, we're, we're going to get, we got a doubleheader Monday night and we have a Tuesday, 3 PM West coast time um, game as well. So it's, it's quite the interesting slate, um, slate of games that we got going, but that just means that, no NFL football Wednesday, Friday, or Saturday this week. So that's exciting. You got well, more more NFL football than not. So yeah, I'm gonna have to burst your bubble on this one. But they pushed the Chiefs Bills game to Sunday, so there will be no Thursday night either. Oh, that sucks. Because the Bills are the the Bills are playing Tuesday, and then they're supposed to play the Chiefs Thursday. So that game got pushed. Oh, that makes that makes pretty that makes sense. Okay, cool. Well. Um, I just to kind of catch up, I, I I panicked a little bit because I was like, had my pick ready to go, right? I was ready to rock. But then I, I realized I almost broke my rule, um, which is betting on my mortal locks of the week. Mm-hmm. And what I also realized is that I actually, in that bet that I'm going to be telling you now, I bought a half of a point. Ooh, so okay. technically what I'm about to tell you, I have not bet specifically. So hmm. I digress. Um, so I'm going to take as my mortal lock of the week, trying to get back over 500 here. Cardinals minus seven at the New York Jets. A couple reasons. Joe Flacco. That's it. That's all I have. Joe Flacco is the starting quarterback for the New York Jets. You basically have the Cardinals coming off um, two straight losses which I believe is why the game is so close. Um, not close, I mean, it's a touchdown, but I think these two teams are so, uh, from a town perspective, so uh, different. And so it's a wide gap there. And, and really what it comes down to is the Cardinals start off hot 2-0, and then had two bad losses. They kind of controlled Kyler Murray, Murray a little bit. Um, they do not know how to run the ball from under center. I don't know why. They just like everything shotgun with the Cliff Kingsbury thing. So um, but really, I, I, I think what it comes down to is it's seven points. The Jets team is the worst roster. Joe Flacco starting. Darnold's going to be out for a couple of weeks. They have no weapons. I think Lev Bell might be coming back. But this is a game that it's it's if, if the Cardinals can't go and take care of business, they're on fraud alert. And you do not want to be on fraud alert, especially starting 2-0, um, beating the Niners, things like that. So I think they right the ship. I think they go they go over there. The defense has a big game. Um, I think Kyler gets out of his funk. Um, and I could definitely see them scoring or putting up, you know, double digit victory here. So I have the Cardinals minus seven going to the New York Jets. Once again, I did not bet on this game. Cardinals Jets minus seven did not. Um, so that makes me immune to not to not receive the the Gucci curse there. Cool. Well, yeah. we'll see how it goes. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, it's kind of disrespectful. You're going to take an AFC West team um, as <laughs> your mortal lock. But I know. Maybe that's I felt bad about yeah, well, maybe they'll cover for you, but still lose for us. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking um, for that double, that two for one special. So great. Um, yeah, so just to recap, you got uh, Chargers plus seven and a half. I have Cardinals um, on the road favorites minus seven against the Jets. 
So um, before we get into our preview, want to make an announcement. We this week after um, hard negotiations, um, a couple nights that we just left the office and said, I don't know if this deal is going to get done. Um, we have finally reeled in our first sponsor for the pod. Now, just to be clear, there was um, we had a number of inquiries. I would say that the mailbox was full, right? And so we were able to settle down. Mike and I had to look at the budget. We had to look at where we're at. And we really had to pick the company, the firm that really represented the Raider Take podcast the best. Um, and we we're pleased to announce, we we're pleased to announce that Rise Collective is now our first only sponsor of Raider Take podcast. Mike, tell us a little bit about Rise Collective. Cool. Well, yeah, I'm. Um... One, glad we're able to, to work with them. It's going to be uh, great and exciting. Um, this week five preview is brought to you by Rise Collective Salon. Rise Collective is a company brought together by two friends who had a vision of bringing you high-end service with a friendly hometown atmosphere. Whether you're wanting a simple tight fade like Josh Jacobs, stylish cut like Foster Moreau, or something unique to you like Henry Ruggs, Rise Collective Salon has you covered for all your game day cuts. Located at 760 Camino Ramon in Danville, Rise Collective adheres to the highest standards of cleanliness and sanitation, so you can be sure your visit will always be handled with your safety in mind. Visit risecollectivedanville.com to book an appointment with Deanna or Ashley. Once again, the website is risecollectivedanville.com. Rise above the competition. Right on, man. Um, definitely excited. Really, um, really good read there. You know, we got a couple different options, whether it's the Jacobs, the Moreau, the Henry Ruggs. Um, I might go the Henry Ruggs. I don't know. I might have to, to kind of, you know, start tightening these, these, these guys up here and get some braids going, but truly the best in the business. Once again, um, there was a lot of competition. We had to weed it out. We had to sit down and, and discuss and um, once we got through the negotiation process, um, we really, really felt good about the direction we were going. So excited to have sponsor number one locked in. If you are interested in a sponsor, give us a holler, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll market the heck out of you. You know what I'm saying? So, um, well, cool. Let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit and get into our preview. Um, week five, we, um, Raiders are going to Kansas city. They are minus they're 13 point dogs, um, which is awesome, but they're going to Kansas city. Why don't you break down the Raiders offense and the um, Chiefs defense? Cool. Yeah. Um, man, this is going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one this week. And I, I don't, I'm not even a hundred percent positive where to start. They've got a lot of ballers on that defense to touch on a key, uh, a few key players starting right in the middle. Chris Jones at D tackle dude is one of the best in the business really great at his position. The Chiefs just signed him long-term. I think a lot of Raider Nation was hoping to see see his name across the ticker and signing with the Raiders during free agency. That didn't happen. He ended up re-signing with the Chiefs. We brought in Malik Collins, but he's going to be a real havoc in the middle, especially when we've got Richie Incognito out and we're kind of shifting around at guard and, and having to try to double team with the center and all that. Um, on the D-line with him is Frank Clark. Brought him over before the draft last year from the Seahawks. He was a baller there. They signed him to a long-term deal. He's just an absolute freak. He's going to give our tackles a hard time for sure. And then on the back end, um, Tyron Matheu. He's one of the most underrated safeties in the game. I feel like he's great back there. He's good at really disguising what he's doing and disguising his coverages. I, I think last, last year, there was one point where he ended up getting a pick off DC. And DC had come out and said, like, yeah, he just... 
he showed something that made me think one thing and then he did the other and just jumped the ball right away. Like it, he just, he's very good at disguising things. He can come up in the box and blitz the quarterback. He can get scrappy on your running backs and tight ends coverage. He's just all around baller. Chiefs have a middle of the road defense. They're giving up about 356 yards a game. Uh, when you look at that breakdown, that is what gives me feelings of hope and positivity while also feelings of fear and anxiety all in one. And what I mean by that is that they're third in the league in getting passing yards a game, giving up 195. They're also 28th in the league on rushing yards with 161. What that means for us, tell me if you've heard this before, Josh Jacobs has got to get going early and often. With that being the heaviest part of our offense and the weakest part of their defense, we really have to establish a run. We have to stick to our game plan in establishing that run and therefore try to use play action to expose their secondary that is very good. They are second to last in the league on uh, yards per rushing attempt, giving up 5.3 yards a carry. If Josh Jacobs can't do something with that, if our running core can't do something with that, it's going to be unbelievable. Like I said, we I think our biggest thing is sticking to the game plan and having meaningful, meaningful drives like you've explained before. Drives that eat up the clock, keeping Patrick Mahomes off the field. Even if that means, you know, going down and, you know, if we have to punt, punting and getting them inside the 10, inside the 15, that's considered a meaningful drive if we don't, you know, turn the ball over in their own territory. It definitely helps. We're going to have Trent Brown back, supposedly. He's supposed to be practiced all week. Looking good. He's supposed to be back. Henry Ruggs is also on pace to be back as well. Uh, that's going to be big, having our franchise right tackle here, having our rookie wide receiver that we saw in the first two games. Even though he didn't put up numbers, he was still a factor teams had to account for. In our second two games where he wasn't there, you could tell he was very missed. The biggest thing is that our strength, like I said, matches up with their weakness. But also their strength is where our inconsistency can be in the passing game. The outcome of this game could very well depend on what we have to rely on. If we can rely on the running game, if we can pound the rock, control the clock, do things of that sort, there's a good chance we could potentially come out with a win and you know compete with this team. But if we can't move the ball, if they get out early and we have to try to rely on a passing game that will have one of our stars back but is going up against one of the best defensive backs uh, groups in the league it's going to be it could be a rough one not to mention dc doesn't have the best uh the best stats going into arrowhead granted most of the time we play them you know november on where it's 40 degrees out and not trying to use it as an excuse or anything but getting them in october where it's going to be normal temperatures maybe it'll change thing around but right now he is he has four touchdowns and seven interceptions in his career playing at arrowhead so if we could try to not rely on the passing game as much as possible, that would be absolutely fantastic. It's going to be a rough one. I think, as always, I go into every single game saying, all right, we got a chance to win this, even though the Kansas City, any game against Kansas City is probably the one where you shouldn't be doing that. But if we can play a perfect game, just like you saw with the Chargers, which they have a, a, a lot better defense than we do, you can hang with teams and they are a beatable team if you can take advantage of mistakes and you can play perfect football, which Raiders haven't done in a while. But it seems like we've been, for the most part, when it comes to like penalties and stuff like that, we've been pretty clean. So I don't know. This week scares me in general, as I feel like it should anybody. But 
it's going to be the biggest make or break for this game is going to be if Josh Jacobs can get back to, you know, how he looked against the Panthers and not how he looked against the Patriots. So, yeah, that's exactly it, man. Um, it's, it's, it's a tough week. Chiefs week's never fun. Um, you know, you're kind of going West coast over, you know, the East coast time zone. Um, uh, it's great to play them before December. Um, you know, I feel like every time I look at the calendar or look at the schedule, it gets released. It's Broncos and chiefs are week 16, 17 when it's four degrees in Denver and Denver and Kansas city. So, um, but really the, you know, the Raiders offense is going to be the biggest part of this game because, you know, the best way to stop Mahomes is to keep him off the field. Right. Um, you can only really hope to contain him, but you know, we got to get that run game going. Um, we got to control the clock and the control line of scrimmage. So having Trent Brown back will be great. Um, having Henry Ruggs out there, um, as a threat, you know, take a couple shots to stretch the defense a little bit is going to be awesome. So, um, but I agree with you. It's, it's, it's tough, but there's optimism. I think if we can, you kind of got to play your best ball, right? Especially against the Chiefs, you kind of have to go out there, and it's it's everyone's Super Bowl. They're the reigning champions, you know. They got the target on their back. So, um, well, I'll get into that. You know, the Raiders D versus the Chiefs. So, um, and this is really where the <laughs> this is the biggest disadvantage of the game, right? Probably the best offense in the game against probably a bottom five defense. Um, I'm not even going not even going into stats or like where they rank in certain areas. It's just like talent wise. I think well, let's just call them the bottom ten. I don't want to take anything away or give any more credit to the giants, the jets or those kind of folks. But, um, I really do think that, you know, the Raiders are, are in a tough spot. Um, no, Arnett, he went on IR, you know, we lost, or we're not going to have Collins for this game. He's banged up. I think Jonathan Hankins is still TBD, but, um, so Dayton Jones, if that's a name, if you guys remember, um, Packers drafted him first round, like five years ago, I think my first or second round, but, um, so he was on a practice squad. We elevated him, which means we're not going to be, healthy on the line. So we got to promote someone, get more depth there. So, you know, just looking at it last year, it was, it was one thing where, you know, if you, if you remember the game, it was week two. Um, and that was when they scored, I think you've talked about the sport. They scored 28 points in the second quarter, um, and never scored throughout the rest of the game. But, um, Mahomes was just throwing bombs to, to anyone and everyone. It was Tyreek Hill. It was Sammy Watkins. It was Michael Hardman. I think even Demarcus Robinson got in there, you know, yeah. or whatever. Every receiver um, scored a touchdown. Only on one, but no. So they they scare you because they're they're so explosive and they also just don't stop. It's mm-hmm. just a fast paced offense, and they just go 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 go. It's as if they're always in a two minute drill, and they can score at any point with any matchup or whatever. And I think that's a credit to Andy Reid um, and Eric Bieniemy, who's the offense coordinator. Um, and obviously, you have a all world talent in Patrick Mahomes out there, um, and he. He's someone that it's not, you know, if you, if you kind of watch the film a little bit and you look at DC, who's like, a, he's just like a rhythm guy, you know, he kind of goes, you know, punch big, ah, 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 you know, like whatever. It's like, it's everything's timing. I know that's noises that doesn't make sense, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. he, it's like he, he kind of, oh, play action. And then he gets to his read and he's like, one, two, check out, or one, two, ah, you know, take that shot. And then Mahomes, it's legit like, okay, you guys got Billy. David come over here and then it's, it's, it's four on four, like at Billy park. And he just sits back there and plays that way. He just sits back there and says, well, how do I just score as fast as possible? How do I just throw a bomb? Like, but it's just funny how calm he is. You know, um, the reason I make the noises like DC is because you can kind of see like his, he's just like hyperactive. And he's just, ah, you know, just, like, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, he's always, and he's always like fidgeting. And like he's Italian or something. The, yeah, he talks to the shoulder pads, you know, but um, no. And then you have Mahomes who just sits back there. He's calm and he can, 
He can throw from in the pocket. He can throw from outside of the pocket. He can throw normally. He can throw sidearm. Sometimes he throws left, right? So that's the biggest threat on the planet that everyone's trying to stop. So that's one thing. They have Tyreek Hill. They have Sammy Watkins, Michael Hardman, Travis Kelsey, one of the best tight ends in the league. Then this year, they drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire, okay, um, who Unfair. running back at LSU, um, number 32 overall. And he adds an element to their team where now you have to respect the run. Okay. He's got a little bit over, you know, four yards, four yards carry. Um, I think he's right around 70 to 80 yards um, per game, but they don't, they didn't need that. They didn't even need that guy. And they're like, Hey, you know, the one kind of not awesome thing about our offense is our running game is a little inconsistent. Here's Clyde Edwards Lair. Yeah. So that's really tight. Um, So we got him and he is a threat between the tackles outside the tackles in the past game. So there's really not a lot of good matchups. I see. Um, I know we didn't do our, ball out fallout group but there, there's really not a ton of things where it's like man I, I really think we need to um we could throw them off their game here but for the sake of the preview obviously you want to talk strategy and figure it out i had three bullet points um so number one i already covered i just said we're in trouble that's all i said i just said yeah. we're in trouble they have so many weapons they have Clyde over to layer um really smart play calling really um you know they're aggressive you know they take they take calculated risks so um, I just said we're in trouble because we are um, on that side. But here's something where I think if you take the Patriot game, that's probably been, I would say that was that offense's worst game in the last 15, let's just call it 15 games, right? Yeah, so even going back into last year, they were off, right? They were off their rhythm and it was the Patriots that came into town. Um, if it wasn't for Brian Hoyer, um, they might've even had a chance. There was that wonky uh, play where Mahomes fumbled the ball they recovered it but it got called down it was so that was bad but anyways the chiefs ended up winning um covering the spread by the way but the patriots were able to slow them down they were able to kind of um change up a little bit um from what they're used to and not let them roll too much um but really it starts with generating a pass rush effectively um and that's obvious right but you have you have to be able to do more than get pressure with your front four, right? So you have to be able to have timely blitzes, um, sending corners off the edge, you know, whatever it may be, right? Um, I know we've, we've sent Abram a couple of times from the safety position, but we have to be able to generate a pass rush just to disrupt things, okay? We have to disrupt timing. So as much as Mahomes is cool, calm, and collective, they, everything is timing with them. Everything is motion Tyreek Hill across to figure out whether it's man or zone. And then we take advantage of this matchup within Kelsey off of a backer or whatever, you know, whatever it may be. But um, so I think we have to be able to, to generate pass rush. And that's something we struggle with. We talked about it. We, we struggle with, you know, we didn't get to Josh Allen. We got to Josh Allen one time because he ran around the field and made a dumb play. And then, you know, so it wasn't even like, oh, we rushed off the edge, whatever. So we know we struggle there. We're having a hard time getting there. So we have to be creative in how we can get some homes. It's not even like we need four sacks this game. We have to just get him off of his his game a little bit. Get him off of even though, you know, he can work outside the pocket, but like, get them off of his rhythm, you know, get them off of their matchups and timing routes that they have. And um, a way we can do that um, is, is, like I mentioned, the timely blitzing with quarters or bringing up a safety or, or just um, kind of what the Bills did to us, right? The eight men across, and then they're like, oh, we sent this guy here. We sent drop that guy into zone coverage. Um, but what the Patriots did specifically is, is they basically, um, it was a lot of zone um, that, that, that really looked man, right? So there was a lot of zone that they played where they're head up. Um, so they're kind of sugaring it, right? So they're head up on these guys and 
and even moving um, moving within at least the uh, the boundary, you know. So if one guy trots in motion a little bit, they'll kind of trail him a little bit to show as if it's man, and then they'll instantly get out into his own, right? So historically, the Patriots uh, love playing man-to-man coverage. You can't do that against the Chiefs. You just can't do it. They have too many burners. They have too many man beaters in that sense. So what they're able to do is show some man um, and drop into his zone. And so the play that you um, referenced with Tyra Matthew um, last year, the Honey Badger, when he picked off DC, it's because he was playing man um, and he bailed. He bailed on his assignment and dropped into the zone and took something away, right? Um, so that's something where – we kind of have to be able to do, we kind of have to be able to show one thing and adapt it to another. So you're not going to outsmart the chiefs. You know, we're not going to be able to um, have more talent on this side of the ball to where we can just say, Hey, we're going to press you and just, let's just call you know, let's just call a stick man and run, run into a shootout. So we're not going to do that. So we have to get creative. Um, we have to tackle. We really have to tackle dude. Like Clyde Edwards, Lair is tough to get down. They have a lot of guys that can go 60 real quick. If we don't wrap up. And I know that's, that's obvious, right? We have to be able to tackle, but it's like you have to be able to, when you take something away from a home that's deep or even second level and he checks down to something that's three, we got to be able to tackle him at three or four. You know, we can't be, we can't win and lose. You know, we can't win that play because we got in the right coverage and we passed it off in good communication just for a little check down to, uh, to Kelsey or, or Edwards Lair or Darrell Williams, whoever's out there. Um, and, they, and they get to, you know, 12 to 15 is one thing. So, that's what you have to do against a good team. So it's like if you can get in this, an advantageous situation where you shut down what they were trying to do, you got to be able to capitalize on what they end up taking in that sense. So we got to be able to generate a pass rush. I think we need to show multiple defenses. We need to get creative um, and just take risks, right? It's like you're not going to win. You're not going to win by just sitting back and giving him five seconds to let let him just go out, right? So um, I, I don't it, – it's a tough thing to break down. I could talk forever about – the chiefs offense and, and different things that they do. Um, but it, it's just, if you, if, if you think you, that you know what they're doing, you don't, if you, you know, if you have a handle on, if you think you have a, an answer for it, you don't really, it's really, you know, they're self-inflicting ones that you got to rely on and you got to get a little lucky. So, um, so that's kind of um, really the breakdown there. Um, as far as key, you know, our defense or our secondary is going to be in a tough spot because man, they have so many man beaters out there. And um, when I say man beaters, it's like, they're just, they're so fast. They're so explosive and they can, they'll take advantage of the matchups. Um, I think our backers are going to have a hard time with Kelsey. I think we're well equipped this year compared to last year to um, actually handling Kelsey um, and our D line. Um, they have to be the reason that, that we create some turnovers. They, they have to get the pressure because our DBs can't sit in zone or even a man for five or six seconds and expect to be successful. So um, it's going to be tough. They're the reigning champs for a reason, but um, I think ultimately we can control the ball on the offensive side of the ball. If on defense, we can get a couple stops, we can get it maybe, you know, Oh my God, it'd be great to have a turnover one of these days. Right. Mm. We could do something like that to generate some momentum on the road. Um, that that's really where this game has an opportunity to, to, for the Raiders to win or for them to make this close. When you give up, you know, when you <laughs> Raiders go three and out and the chiefs go 75 yards to the house on the next play, that's where these games have gotten sloppy and have gotten ugly um, real quick. So, that's where I'm at. Um, once again, it's, it's tough thing to, for the defense, tough task for them, but they, they have their hands full. And, um, you know, that's where we're at. It's going to be fun. Um, not really because I hate playing these guys because I love Mahomes and I, I, I respect Mahomes. I think he's a great guy. I think he's so awesome. I hate that he's in our division and we have to play him twice a year. Yeah. Um, but 
Anyways, um, well, well, let's get into predictions then. Or did you have anything to say on that side? Well, just to kind of just to kind of cap things off, um, I will say that it is tough when we go in every single week saying if our offense can just keep up with the team because the defense has so many like worries and question marks to go with. Like that's yeah. that's a shitty thing to go into. Like, yeah. No matter if it's you breaking it down or me breaking it down, the defensive side is like, there's a good chance we really struggle with this. So let's limit it as much as possible. Right. I will say that one thing that has given me a little bit of hope that this isn't your dad's Raiders, that every single year their defense is just the same as it is, is that so far this year we are – Fit tied for fifth in the league for uh, plays 20 plus yards or more given up, meaning we're tied for fifth as the best team in the league for giving mm-hmm. up big plays, which are considered 20 plus or more. We only have 13. Mm-hmm. The last yeah. two years, we've averaged 74 plays a season giving up wow. 20 plus or more. So you think, okay, the Raiders we're big issue. 60 then. What's up? So we're on pace for 60 if we have. Yeah. Not, four. not, not great, obviously, but um, mm-hmm. you know, you look at it, there's gotta, you gotta find some hope somewhere. You gotta find some hope somewhere. And can I be a dick permission yeah, to of be, course. A dick? be a dick. It's because we're soft and we play vanilla coverage and we yeah. take to the pass rushers. So yeah. we take everything up, up top away and they just think it done for seven to 12. So. Yeah, I, and, I get what you're saying, and then that's the, the the explosive play has hampered the Raiders in the past. Um, so I hear you, but I don't even being top five. I'm not. I'm kind of shitting all over the stat right now. But even being top five doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing, um, because if it were me, I would rather take more chances to get to the quarterback and take more risks there. But yeah, that's just you're hindsight, right. and that's being like, oh well, you should do this because that'll fix. It doesn't necessarily mean a case, but I think it's sure. good to play more disciplined um, football because that's what we've had a hard time with. So. Now it's been like, can we get off the dang field? And like you said, hey, we're taking away these big plays. Now let's tackle. Now let's make sure that we can get off on third down. You know, um, and so I hear like, what you're saying. I like that you bring the optimism. I know I'm usually the, the negative Nancy guy here. <laughs> someone's gonna have it. Um, and like, like I kind of had talked about, I think la- last week on one of the pods is that the Raiders are one of the worst teams in taking advantage of their blitzes when they blitz. And that's literally exactly what you're saying is that we need to take advantage of the pressure we can get outside of the front four, the front five, whatever we have going on. We got to be able to have blitzes that are successful and we haven't. So yeah. Lord help us. Maybe this week will change things, but (laughs) no, we'll see. I mean, they they have a shot, man. And I think it it benefits us that we play these guys two times a week. So we know what their MO is. We just haven't been able to stop it. So, um, but all good. Uh, So I, like I noted in the beginning, it's, so Raiders are going to Kansas City. Um, the line is Chiefs are favored by 13 points. Hmm. Give me your prediction for this week. Oh, man. Well, I feel like being the pessimistic person going into week four against the Bills, I would be some type of a psychopath going into this game. Predicting and expecting us to win. Um, I don't think we will win this game. I want us to win this game. Obviously, you had me on the edge of my seat for a I second. Know. <laughs> I know. 
And I, I sit here and whenever, you know, I'm doing my research for, you know, the coverage that we're trying to do, I look into, okay, how are there ways that we could beat this team? And then also what's going to be a struggle, obviously. But I talk myself into this, man. I talk myself into the fact that, like, they have really bad run defense. We have one of the best running backs in the league. So I want them to win this game. Mm-hmm. Looking at it, if I'm having to make, uh, I'm not going to say unbiased, but a realistic prediction, I don't think we win this game because Patrick Mahomes, you know, and that offense is just so lights out. Mm-hmm. However, I do think we cover. And I do think that we play well enough. And it's tough because there are no moral victories. But I think that it would go a long way in showing that this team has improved if we can take this game down to the wire and be really competitive and show how we can keep up with this team. Because essentially it's like the Chiefs are the, the team to be in the – AFC, let alone the AFC West, you know? So I think that is going to be very tough. I don't think we're going to win. My prediction is that the chiefs are going to beat us and it'll be 40 to 34. It'll be a high scoring game. We're going to put up some motherfucking numbers, but it's not going to be enough. So that's my prediction. Uh, It's probably too outlandish, but that's I, my I, I that's my thought of it. I think closer. Go ahead. I, I think that the um I think that it's you know the Chiefs are going to do what they always do against us in putting up you know close to forty points. I think the Raiders are going to actually keep up this time though. So that's really where I'm yeah. at. Is like the Chiefs are just going to do what they always do, but we're going to keep up better than we used to. Yeah. No. It it has a better chance of going forty to thirty four than seventeen to thirteen, just with how these defenses are. So is that um, perfect? No, I was just saying, like, you know, a low scoring game compared, you're like, I know 74 points is a lot, but I'm like, that's more realistic than it being 17 to 13. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll get into my pick, and it's, it's you know, pretty straightforward, but, uh, you know, the Chiefs are, are going to win this game. Um, I do think the Raiders cover also, so I'm going to thread the needle a little bit. Um, I got Chiefs 30 to 21. I think the Raiders do a good job in the first half, sticking to their game plan, um, controlling the ball a little bit. Um, and really going into halftime, maybe like a, a 14 10 Chiefs or something like that, right? Um, which wouldn't actually work. It'd be like, yeah, 14 14, 14 7, 14 10. I don't care. Um, but it ends up being where we, you know, we can't, we maybe don't uh, convert on a couple drives in the second half. Um, our defense just gets on the on the ropes for too much. They get on the, they're on the field for too long. I think that, like, I really do think we play them tough throughout, but then the Chiefs are just too talented and you can't. And if we don't take advantage of certain uh, opportunities, then we're going to fail. Um, and so I think the Chiefs win by 9, 30 to 21. Um, I think the Raiders hang with them for a little bit, um, and they end up kind of opening it up towards the end of the game. But I'm with you, dude. It's it's a tough uh, it's a tough thing to look at. Um, we you know we started two and zero, and then we roll in. You know now we're looking at man, are we going to be under five hundred, go two and three? But we've played some tough teams. Um, we've played some teams when they're hot and kind of got the buzzsaw with the bills, but um, it, it, it gets a little bit, you know, it stays a little bit hard with, with the bucks coming into town after our buy. But um, you know, I, I, I do think there, when you look at the schedule holistically, there, there's some opportunities for the Raiders to rattle off some wins and, and really get some momentum turning the year. So I got chiefs 30, 21. Um, those are our predictions. I think last time I, I missed it by a point and you were like right there also. So, um, 
if you're listening to Micah, I would hammer the over 40, 20, what is it? What is it right now? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I'm not going like, to, I'm not going to do it. My guess would be like 48, 45. Somewhere. Yeah. It's probably in the fifties. I would imagine. Sorry, this is bad radio, but I'm going to look it up real quick. Um, so hold on. I'm just really, really interested in this now. Um, so the over under is word for it's 55. Hmm. So, I mean, that's, you know, they're giving 28, 27 is 55. I mean, you said, what'd you say? 40 to uh, 34? 40 to 30, 40 to 34. So, <laughs> 70, bet that 74 and a half over. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Um, okay, cool. We are going to cap this thing off with our listener questions. Um, like I teased in the beginning, um, we might have a few on our hands. Oof, so, yeah, there's some contention. As we talked on. about, yeah, there, there's some there's some things going on. So as we have we talked about, we we get a lot of good questions, and we have a lot of great followers. Dan, we have a lot more than you, Dan. Um, so it's just a shot of Bell Dreaming. But yeah. so we have two front runners for the Raider Take Podcast Listener of the Year, RTP LOTY, if you want an acronym. So one of them is B Bauer. Okay. He started off strong. He's loyal from the soil. Day one guy, right? Insert cub boy. Okay. Cub boy 925. He jumped in and he started getting, he got multiple questions. Yeah, right? he's, yeah. he's, he got feisty. He's showing some love. Um, so we got these two guys that are battling for this reward. And, and um, what the plan is, is we're going to get each of them um, on separate weeks um, interviewed we're going to show the listeners, um, give a little bit about kind of their background around why they're just so um, aggressive in this in this first quarter of the RTPLOTY, what their thoughts on their odds of winning that award, that prestigious award. Um, so that's what we got coming down the pipeline. So we got two questions, fittingly enough, um, one from each of them. So we'll start with right. B. Bauer. Well, I will say also, too, like oh, yeah. you said, getting getting them separately on the pod. We're going into a bye week as far as Raiders coverage is concerned. So right. this could be a very good chance for a battle of the bees by week situation. So yeah. I'll let you uh, no, go on. That's with a the good idea. Here. No, that's a good idea. I think that's, um, we'll have to table that for now. Um, okay. At B Bauer day one guy, he says, which player from the 2020 draft are you most concerned about over the next 10 years? So which player that was drafted, not on the Raiders, outside of the Raiders, in the 2020 draft, are you most concerned about over the next 10 years? He does note, special shout out to Cub Boy for the future second place finisher of RTP LOTY. <sighs> yeah, so pew, pew, he pew, took a shot at Cub fired. Boy. He took a shot at Cub Boy right there. So which player in the 2020 draft you're most concerned about over the next 10 years? Micah, take four. All right. So um, I, your first inclination when you say that is like, okay, well, you got to look within our division because we play them twice a year. Every single year, other teams kind of like here and there, maybe we'll play them back to back years. Uh, when I looked at his question and really seeing the fact that he said over the next 10 years is what kind of solidified my options between the two players I was back and forth with. My choice for his question, player that most worried about over the next 10 years, is going to be quarterback Justin Herbert from the Los Angeles Chargers. So 
what I mean by the whole 10 year situation is that quarterbacks are more likely to be extended, especially if they're playing well. They're more likely to be there in a 10 plus year time frame. Other positions, not as much. Teams can ride rookie contracts. In my opinion, there was two options on this. I believe you'll be going with the second option. I'm not going to name that option, but that option also might not be on the team past a five-year time frame. So my choice is Herbert. He's been looking really well. He got that chance to start ever since Tyrod Taylor got stabbed in the lung with a needle by his own medical staff. Uh, and he's been running away with it. He's been balling out. I honestly, it's a little early to say this, but I'm just going to say it anyways. There's a good chance we might have, might be having to deal with a Philip Rivers 2.0 that basically just has has feet that can run. Philip Rivers that can throw, but also he can run. So, to, just to sorry to clarify, Philip Rivers does have feet. For anyone that well, was confused, Philip Rivers has, does, he have, does feet. have two feet. Yeah, he doesn't we, have wheels or speed. I'm yeah, sorry, it's it's not a Lieutenant Dan situation. Wrong. He does have feet, <laughs> but yeah. you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, quarterback that yeah. can and pass as well as Rivers has on us for many years, but also he's going to be able to run too, which was never part of Phillip's forte. So Herbert's my answer. I mean, I, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get in a situation where year after year, we're able to kind of figure him out dial him in and, and kind of hold him to certain things, but he's been balling out this year. That doesn't show any sign of really stopping, you know, he went out there and, and competed with Tom Brady slaying the ball. So you know, you gotta you gotta commend the kid for coming in. You know, three games in, four games in, and just just running with it and doing his thing. But yeah, um, I would say because of because the ten year mark was put on this, and for the fact of you know what he's done so far, my answer is Herbert. Cool. No, I think that's I, I think that's the pick, right? I think if you look at it, like the question was over the next ten years, yes, that is the pick. Um, I do. You know, I, I will have a different option here, and I'm going to go Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Already talked about him a little bit. Um, he's just really versatile. He's it's not he's not a Derrick Henry where it's like, oh yeah, he's a great run like a rusher. He's not you know not just a great running back. Like this guy is a three down back, catches the ball well. He's really um, you know he's versatile um, in the pass game. He he kind of makes he makes you miss. He's a, like a bowling ball. It's like he's very, he kind of has some Josh Jacobs to him um in, in that way but it's like a suddenness and kind of change of direction but um i i'm i i more so look at it as like i don't want to play Clyde edwards lair in this chief's offense yeah for the definitely. Next 10 years you know you mentioned like the the shelf life of running backs are a lot lower than than quarterbacks so yes is there a good chance he's not even on the team in five years after his rookie contract yes you know does it get extended or you know do they if he falls out do they give him an extension in two years you know there's a lot of different ways to go but it's more so the fact that he has to join this team and they're going to continue to be a problem. And then yeah. it's going to be another person that we have to consider in that explosive offense. Like I already you know, discussed. So that's my answer. Um, yeah. Like I said, there's, there's two people and you know, oh, yeah. there was two answers well, to that question. Jerry, two Judy for the, Jerry Judy for the Broncos, he could be a problem down the road, yeah. but yeah, but you I know, think you can that... take those guys out of games, you know, you can take receivers out of games, but yeah. And with how well, like quarterbacks, Trayvon Mullen's been doing, you know what I mean? I would have no no worry about sticking him on Judy and you know and yeah. trusting him to lock him down. You know, we we've had so much issues against running backs 
And we've also had so much issues against quarterbacks being able to pass on us. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, cool. So I will, um, I will ask this second listener question. Um, thank you, B Bauer. Um, that was an, an extra shot after the whistle. Um, so that might be a 15 yard penalty towards your later take podcast listener here. Actually not. I think just kidding. Yeah, it's fine. Um, it's, this is, it's NFL blitz. You're good. You can, yeah, uh, you can power bomb after the play. <laughs> um, well, Cubboy has a question. He says, well, he had two, um, and we might answer it at a later time. Um, but the second one is realistically, where do you have the Raiders ending up in the division at the end of the year? Um, Micah, would you like to start? Uh, yeah, I guess I will. Actually, no, I'm going to cut yeah. you off. I'm going to start. You All pull right. this out. We'll, okay. we'll ping pong this thing. Right. Um, so I definitely, I feel, I mean, really great about um, being in at least second place. Um, obviously, I, I don't think we're going to catch the Chiefs. I think it's going to be tough. But I think we could be vying for a, a wild card spot, and that's going to be, um, that's going to have to be with us taking at least second place in our division. Um, for some reason, the Chargers are getting a lot of love, and it's a lot of the Justin Herbert. It's new, and their team is talented, but I'm like, dude, they like fucking should have lost to the Bengals. Like, what are you yeah. talking about? Like, yeah, exactly. You know, and that was their one win. So I'm like, okay, they lost to the Panthers at home. It's like there's a lot of things where I'm just like, I don't really understand why they're getting so much buzz. Maybe it's because the team is. They're in LA and they got their new stadium. They got Herbert now and a lot of cool things. But I'm like, yep, you're one and three, and I don't, I don't see that changing. So I, I think we got a good shot there. Denver has the unfortunate luck with Drew Lock being out. Um, we will only benefit from that. I think, you know, um, really it's going to come down to to us and the Chargers. But I think we have an edge there. So I see the Raiders going second. I think the best shot they have, just because the Chiefs, you know, everyone's trying to catch the Chiefs. Um, I think the Chiefs will take first. Our best shot is being a wild card spot. They expanded the playoffs this year. Um, where they're adding an extra, there's going to be seven teams from each conference now, um, where the number one seed is the only one to get the first round by, and then two play seven, three, five, or sorry, three, six, four, five, um, is how the playoffs are going to look. So there's an extra spot, an extra wild card, card spot for us. So um, I think the Raiders take second in the division, um, compete, and I think the cellar dwellers are the Broncos and the Chargers. What say you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, just going to echo what you said, really. I mean, you know, I never thought that I had any expectation of winning this division. I definitely, you know, was excited when I found out there was an extra wild card spot because I was like, yeah, there we go. Then, you know, like I expect yeah. us to compete for a wild card regardless, you know, sure. but going into this season, looking at our schedule, you know, I had us in a very optimistic 10 to 6, 11 and 5 range, and that's just not going to be good enough to win the division unfortunately. Uh, so wild card is definitely where I see us trying to compete as far as the playoffs are concerned. You know, we definitely have to, like you said, get second in our division to do that. So I see us getting second. I don't see us having a problem placing in that spot. Like you said, the Chargers are getting some love. I think it's all hype, even though I have twice this podcast gotten behind that hype and them covering the spread and also their quarterback being the one to worry about. But all in all, I think we're a better team than the Chargers and the Broncos. And I think we're going to take that second spot, just whether our record's good enough to sneak us into that wild card, you know, getting one of the three wild card spots. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be tough in that regards when you're looking at, you're looking at the AFC East where either the bills or the Patriots are going to, you know, win that division. And then the other one's going to be essentially in a wild card spot. 
So, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, I know the question was within our division, but I think that kind of goes along with like also how might we fare in the playoffs? So I think we got to have second in the division, which I don't think we have a problem doing. Luckily we got an extra playoff spot this year. So hoping that goes well. Um, yeah, I think you're exactly right, dude. Like, I think we have a good shot at, at maintaining that second spot and having a shot for the wild card. Um, a good idea for us would be to, you know, during our bye week next week, we can maybe jump into a little bit more NFL um, throughout the league, um, touch on kind of where the divisions are at, maybe some divisional winners since we've seen, you know, at least five games. Um, so that's a, you know, we got a shot. I think we got to, you know, first you got to win your division. And if you can't win your division because you have the Chiefs in your division, then try your best to be number two. Um, okay. Last question. And this is, let me just do for the backstory here. So my, um, my wife, who, you know, obviously, um, so she, my wife, so she just started listening in, right. Um, maybe it was a little bit longer than I thought the significant other of, of one of the hosts of this podcast would actually listen to, but no worries. Right. So I was, uh, you know, we're getting ready to record today. And, and she was like, oh, like, you're going to do the pod, blah, 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 you know, whatever. Um, and I was like, yeah, do you want to submit a question? Because we were reading the listeners questions. And she's like, oh, like, um, like, what do I say? I'm like, well, no, no, that's the part that you asked the question, right? And she's like, oh. Um, and she said, how do you feel about Smoke Monday? Um, and the backstory about that is we were watching college football last week and this dude got ejected for targeting at Auburn and his name was Smoke Monday. So it was pretty funny that she said that. So I give her props for that. And she just said, what's your take on Smoke Monday? Uh-huh. But here's where the question, here's what I ended up developing the question into. So we were t- telling this story previously and um, we were telling the story, I I was telling, uh, I thought it was you, but it must've been someone else. I don't know, whatever, who cares? I was telling a story and she was like, oh yeah, the name, his name was uh, Smoke Today. And I was like, I was like, no, no, I'm like, no, no, no. Like it was Smoke Monday. And she's like, well, okay, but that's just as bad as Smoke Today. And I was like, it absolutely is not. Like Smoke Monday and Smoke Today, like, like, do you think like if your last name was today, which I don't know if anyone on earth is last name is today, that you would then in turn name your child. But if you had a child and it was like, I get smoke Monday is like a little out there, but um, so the question I'm just going to ask you just to settle this debate is what is a more unrealistic name smoke Monday or smoke today? Hmm. First of all, fantastic story. <laughs> fantastic way that you guys got to where you got. And mm-hmm. her question she originally, uh, you know, posed and how you kind of wrapped around to having an argument about, um, you know, what the name it was. was a and the, the egregious... Let me clarify. Let me clarify. It was a spirited debate because it wasn't that long and it was not an argument. I'm just clarifying that. So if she's listening, she's going to be like, oh, my gosh, like we didn't argue about it. So we did not, but I want you to be judge fudge and say, what is more unrealistic smoke Monday or smoke today? Cause she seems to think they're both equal on even paths. So, so I will say they both are absolutely egregious to have either of those as your last name. I definitely think that 
smoke today is the more ridiculous option. And, and here's why. And, and, and here's no, and I'm going to tell you why. And, but it's also probably going to like backtrack a little into like why she probably doesn't think so either. And that's purely because we are used to knowing a football player whose last name was named after a day of the week in Jeff Saturday. And I think that has hearing another name of someone that has to do with a day of the week, not like a specific time frame like today, is where my mind went. And I was like, yeah, wasn't there an offensive lineman whose last name was Monday? And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, no, it was Saturday. I was like, well, that's the same kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> so uh, today is absolutely uh, you know, worse than Monday. They are both absolutely uh-huh. egregious. I would just okay. say that. It may be one of those things where we it is predetermined in our mind that someone with the last name as a weekday is more normal, even though it's not normal. So, yep. Okay, thank you. I needed that one because um, she's going to listen, and, and I want her to hear it from you too. Um, it's actually never really helped when I looped her into certain things we disagree on. I said, "Well, Mike agrees with me." It's not <laughs> to say she doesn't respect you. She's a very stubborn um, individual when we argue, just as I am. But if you heard that, Gator. Smoke Monday, not as crazy as smoke today. Um, well, that's it. Yeah, I've been uh, glad we were able to get this done when we can get it done. Once again, apologize for getting it out late, but better late than never. We appreciate all the support we get from everybody. Please continue to share it, continue to like it, continue to subscribe on Apple. Go listen anywhere you can find podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the options you have, however you listen to it. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate you guys uh, just supporting us as we trudge through each week, just getting after it and getting our opinions out there. So appreciate the love. Keep the questions yeah. coming too. Yes, keep the debate going. Um, it's going to get spicy here soon. We'll see y'all later.